If you guys see in another episode of Dynasty Queen, I am Mia J. You don't you forget, before we get started, y'all, today's episode was brought to you by our official sponsor, Fashion Nova. Check out that 40% off on all fashion. Go ahead and use our code. Mia J sent you Fashion Nova, baby. <laughs> You guys, okay. we got a really special guest in the Dynasty Queen's house tonight. If you don't know who she is, clearly you don't have social media. Clearly you're <laughs> under a rock. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have the beautiful Esme B. In the <laughs> thank you, thank you. Welcome, Esme. <laughs> thank you. For those who are not familiar with Go ahead and school them on where you came from, like um, what is what it is that you do, your claim to fame. Like, let's just give them a little rundown as you be. Okay, so um I I would like to identify myself as this uh multifaceted woman. I own several businesses, I fully um do marketing, I help small businesses turn their followers into um, consumers. I, I'm also a life coach. I do a lot of public speaking events. Um, I trade full-time in the stock market and I do a variety of different modelings. I act, I, I do whatever provides me a nice source of income. <laughs> and I try, to, I try to learn it to its full extent and then I try to teach people as well. So, <laughs> let's go back a little bit, Anthony. So, tell the people where are you originally from? So, I'm Dominican. Um, I came to the United States when I was seven, but I'm probably the most Dominican person you're going to meet because I think in Spanish, I speak it, I, I dance, you know? <laughs> Love it. Okay, so how did you get, like, your, your start? Um, I guess, I know you said that you got into modeling and stuff. Like, where did all that originate from? You know, I'm going to tell you exactly what I tell everybody that asks me this question. Um, social media was was not in my forecast. I actually did um, corporate America for years. I worked at New York Presbyterian Hospital for 10 years. I did their IT. Um, I've done arbitration. I, I, I have my degrees. So social media was definitely not something that I was thinking was going to happen. But... What happened was my page was private for a very long time. I was very reserved. I, I, I'm like probably the most private, but outgoing and transparent person. You know, I, at that time I was like, you know, I have a corporate job. There's no need for me to like really share. Um, and at the time, the person who I was dating, he was like, you know, you have so much to share um, to the world. And we happened to be going away to go to California that weekend. And we were going because we wanted to go skydive. And he was just like, just for this weekend, just take your social media off private and let's do this. And that weekend I blogged and I had like 10,000 followers that weekend. Dang. Yeah, and then I was like, okay. I was like, you know, I have a voice. Like, let me start using my voice. So I started using, you know, beautiful pictures to captivate the audience, but my captions um, told my story. So in my captions, I talked about um, 
things like being raped, things like being in foster care, things like being a mom at 14 years old, but they were all what, it was strategic, you know what I mean? Um, right, so right. It, yeah, and then as people started to like really want to engage, then people started reaching out to me wanting me to do promo for their businesses. And I said, yo, now that I have an audience, I need to now do something with it. And it has slowly but surely turned into a business. And for the last four years, I, I'm here and I just, thankfully, I've just been growing. Um, and I do this full time. I love that for you. You know, you mentioned, you know, you did go through, like, you did have to come up over adversity and go through things in your past and stuff. But as a life coach, um, do you kind of like engage in that audience and try to like let them know, hey, I've been through like hell and back. I've done, I've gone through things. You can overcome this too. Like, what is your um, life coaching like? Like, what do you tell people usually? Um, so, like I said before, I'm very transparent. I feel like what we lack is being human. Um, it's letting people know that being vulnerable, there's actually a lot of power in that. Uh, and for too long, I was very quiet about the things that had happened to me. And that was serving no purpose because there's so many people that go through it, but are scared, are afraid to speak. Um, there's so many different, I always say like every head is a, is a world of its own and all we have to do is share it so that we can connect. So in my life coaching, I'm just very transparent. Uh, it's not like a therapy session. It's more... Um, let's meet eye to eye and let's not so much focus on pain and trauma. Let's focus on growth and beauty and love and joy. And, and then let's do something with that. That's what, that's how I direct to my clients. I love that. That's really, really cool that you do it that way and you choose that perspective because it's more like, uh, I think sometimes when people say therapy session, it seems so like staged and, you know, you have to certainly spit into certain box, but it seems like you're just like upfront and direct with your, you know, I don't know if you call a client or you know whatever. You kind of tell them like the on It's really uh, amazing to do that. Now, um, what's the first time you experienced okay, it's my trauma, and what led to that that moment? Um, I think that. I'm just going to just put it out there. I, I started, I've been working on myself for a very, very long time. However, um, there was a point in my life when I realized I was living for, I was actually living just to come up off that trauma. I wasn't actually living the life that I wanted to live. So I was just surviving and I had took off like a long time of being in, a, in relationships because I kept telling myself like, I need to work on myself. And then I got involved with the same person. And I realized that, you know, I wasn't living. I was trying to meet all these criterias, even down to going to law school, um, my career path. Like everything was just about the world and about other people. It was never about me. Um, yeah. And at that moment, I decided that I wanted to live. Um, and, and the reason why I say my last relationship, because he was a lot younger than me. And before I decided to jump in that relationship, I'm like, what is the world going to think? You know, I had all these reservations and I told myself, I was like, you know, it's it's really your life. Like everything can change the moment you decide you wanted to, to change. So that's what I did. I started, I woke up every day and before I got out of my bed, I, I kept saying to myself repeatedly, I want to be the woman that I constantly talk about. 
You know, I don't just want to be a meme. I don't just want to be a thought. I don't just want to be a mood board. I I really want to live like this. I really want to feel like the things that I say. And that's when I kind of took over my life. And I just really started living. And I started sharing my story because I know that so many people um, feel alone, even in crowded rooms. And I no longer wanted to feel that. And I no longer wanted to provide that to the people around me. So that's what happened. Wow. That's powerful, too, just because, you know, I notice like a lot of women, they go through things in life and it, it's triggering. Any little will just trigger somebody and they don't even know it. It's just, you know, out of habit, out of that, you know, in those instances. And just for you to say, you know, wake up and say, you know what, enough's enough. I can do this. I'm going to do it. Not just I can do it, but I'm going to. And you executing your life the way you want it to is phenomenal, honestly. Because it takes a lot of courage, it takes a lot of just bravery just to do that, you know, and wake up and say, this is what I choose to do. Well, thank you. And I hope that, um, you know, I hope that I can bring that to the table just constantly because I feel like everything that we want is on the other side of fear. And I'm just trying to let let people know, like, you have to let go of that fear because you're never going to, you're never going to live. You're just going to exist. It's kind of like robotic. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's so true. Like people don't understand, like, if you're not true to yourself, there's no way that you be a good partner, be a good best friend, be a good or a relative. Like if you're not good with self, and it takes a long time. I don't think like it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I actually really appreciated who I am, and I appreciate. Esme, can you like relate that? Like, did it take a while for you to be like, hey, like I am, you know, that that bitch. Like, I am that person. You know, it's so funny that you say that you mentioned the 30s because I feel like when I turned 30, my life just started evolving. And and it's almost like I knew, like, the, you know, they ask you on the day of your birthday, like, do you feel older? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I never felt anything. But when the day I turned 30, I, I get goosebumps, like, just thinking about it because I knew that my life was going to change tremendously. And I feel like the older we get, a lot of people joke about it, but I feel like the older you get, the the more... If you're really living life to learn, the more you acknowledge your worth. And I'm not talking about a worth like how people would, what people tell you that worth is supposed to be. I mean, like really understanding that you were put here to to realize a path. You know what I mean? To like really be something that you're proud of. Not that everybody else agrees of, but something you can live with. And I feel like um, in my 30s, I started to really learn my worth. I really started to learn that. Um, you know, I'm a woman of purpose and I'm a woman that can change lives, but I need to work on me. So, um, I always, like, I've been a lot of different sizes in my life. So throughout those times in my life, um, my self-esteem and my work weren't always at its best and at its peak, because again, like I mentioned before, I was living for everybody else and I was doing things because, you know, I was a, a teenage mom. So I had a lot of doors closed in my face and I always wanted to kind of like prove people like yeah I did it I got money I got this um and it was all for the wrong reasons you know so when I started to realize like not not that I'm that B but like I'm that goddess like I started to breathe that air I started to feel like that within myself like that's when my life really started transforming when I stopped allowing negativity to enter my mind 
that's when the change started to happen. I love that's that. That's so powerful. It is. And you notice too, once you become that, like you're reborn in a sense and you become that positive person, your your like your group of people changes up to you because you attract what you give out in this in this universe, you know? Like anybody else that was just kind of like, eh, you know, not for you or really negative. It's just kind of like you outgrow, you outgrow yourself, your past stuff, and then you outgrow people at the same time. So just that ever evolving change is a beautiful thing. That's true. The, the only thing that I will say about that um, is that you definitely do outgrow yourself, but we hold on to habits and we hold on to things that feel so familiar so they feel comfortable. And I think that that's why throughout life, throughout even after my 30s, I've gone through different stages because for so long, I was accustomed to being a certain way or to keeping these people around. And that's when my comfortability came in. So, so things were still lingering. So I had not reached my full potential. And I feel like now that I'm able to see, like if I see a red flag, I cut it off immediately. Not because people are replaceable, but because I know that that doesn't align with my next move. So I feel like that's when you really level up, when you're able to see those red flags or when you're able to see that you're not being your best, not doing what you need to do and you fix it. Like that's, that's the real level up. It's like so many, so many different, like, just things about because, you know, as young women, we're so self-conscious, at least most of us are. It's just like, I feel when we're really young, before we get into like school and getting around different people, we have more of like a sense of self and we're more we're more driven to like certain goals. Like, you know, this little kid say, oh, I want to be an astronaut or I want to be whatever. And then as you get older, the dream kind of like dies down. So what would you say, I mean, you said you have uh, daughters and everything. What would you say to that little girl that's like maybe eight to 10 years old who's dreaming and, you know, you don't want her dream to get deferred? How would you steer her to like continue on that path of like going for your goals? Um, when I, I, I was never myself. Um, you know, when, when we are born and like some of us have parents and we have family and we have structure, but then there's some of us that don't. So in my case, I always made up um, like role models. I always thought about what I would want to be as a woman. And that's what I was looking forward to. So when I had my daughter, what I did with her was like, I would allow her to dress herself. I would allow her to figure out her own foods. I never imposed these things. Um, I gave her tools as opposed to telling her what to take. You know what I mean? And I try to teach her my ideals, but not embedded them in her because what happens is you need to develop who you are. You need to understand who you are. You need to fall on your face. You know, you need to make those mistakes. And what, what I will say is embrace every single moment, you know, attack your emotions. When they happen, let them flow and figure out why you're feeling them. I would say block out the noise, you know, and focus on what feels good because we live in a society where if you're holy, you're bad. If you're not holy, you're bad. Like criticism is going to come from everywhere. Um, staying true to yourself and finding in what direction your life is going to be comfortable for you because you're the only one really living it. 
is um and just never giving up my thing is I don't care how many times I fall it's how I respond to that fall you know and and for me I know that every time I fall I'm gonna come stronger and I'm gonna come kicking and screaming so so do that because at the end of the day when you're able to smile because of something that you created that like no money can really um like no money can, I don't even know, I get so passionate about it, I can't even express it. I feel like no money can compare to the joy of achieving that, you know what I'm saying? And achieving like true peace and true happiness. Um, and also put the value on the right things. Like for me, something that I value is just, is love. You know, not necessarily love to a man, but just like love to the people that mean something because those are people that mold you um and change your life so that's what I would say I would say hold on to love and hold on to you I love that it's it's just so it's so hard sometimes people don't, like they lose sight of that you know what I mean I mean it's it's just redundant every day like they go through the same thing and some people have things that they're just not even really grasping and realizing is an issue until it just unfolds into something that it shouldn't be. And like you're saying, love is so important. So going through the motion every single day, you have to take me time. You have to stop, take a breath, and really just evaluate life. That's super, super important. Um, I used to think, you know, my mentality has shifted so much. I actually, um, like this summer is really, really hard for me because I went through um, like a, a life changing experience where I actually almost died. Like the doctors told me to call my family and I was in the hospital for 30 something days. Um, and it, it was really, really hard, but it gave me so much time to to understand like, um, like what, what love really, really is. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, like I said before, not love to your partner. But like loving yourself, I used to think that getting my nails done and going on trips and looking good was love, you know, or just like even being successful, you know, with self-love. But now I understand that being gentle to yourself, um, not criticizing yourself is real love, not comparing yourself to somebody else is real love. I understand that um, being able to block negativity is real love, um, being compassionate with yourself. Like that's real love crying, you know, that's real love being vulnerable, like I mentioned before. Um, and those are all things that nobody ever taught me. Um, and I don't think, you know, like we're sent to go to school where we're taught that getting married and being a mom and being a sister, like these are all things that are part of life, but I don't think that we're ever taught to sit with yourself and learn how to not get bored when you by yourself because you can be your own entertainment, you know? And I, yeah. And I feel like just like real love, real understanding, real grace. Cause I was not always this graceful. Um, I think that those are all, all good things. But that's okay though. And you know, you said you weren't always this graceful. I mean, as human beings, we have to go through the growing pains. All of us do. None of us are immune to it. Um, and what you're saying is really, to me, the way I interpret it, it's like you're removing all the superficial things that we're always, that are embedded in our heads when we're really little about what love is. It's so much deeper. So when you get to that raw, like, emotion, 
I think that's when you actually start to understand who you are from the inside out. And I don't think until you've actually experienced a little bit of it, I think some people that will watch this won't understand. But once you get there, it's like, because I, I kind of, I'm in the middle of it. I'm not at the end of my journey, but I'm right in the middle. Like, yeah, I feel so much better. Because when you get into yourself, it's just like, wow, just like a release, you know? It's almost like we're forced daily. Like, you know, you hear all, all these positive messages and it's like, you're forced to like keep pushing even when you don't want to get up, you know, because I know that I've been there and and I still put myself in that situation because I want to get places, you know, so I still push through, but like really like digging deep and allowing that pressure to take you down and then you lifting yourself up, like that's so important. And that's definitely part of the journey. And I like, I'm loving it. I'm embracing it. Um, it's definitely changed me as a human being. Like, honestly, now things happen and when negativity comes or when positivity comes, like, it doesn't matter because it doesn't move me, you know, because I'm really literally in my own space, you know, understanding who I am and living my life for me. So nothing else matters. Nia, you know, she said something that really just kind of stirred me. Because for me, I've always been the type, I always see, I try to see the good in everyone. And I've learned now that you you can't do that. That's like one of my flaws, you know, and you saying that, you know, you immediately cut off the negativity. I have gotten to the point where it's like, I see red flags, but I proceed with caution. I haven't fully learned to not see the good, but I have learned something going towards it, which will eventually I'll get to that point to just, you know, if I see something, it's like, mm, I don't know. And red flags. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I learned that and we have discernment. So you know when it's not right. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. We ignore it a lot of the time. I think we ignore it sometimes when it comes to men, when it comes to friendships. But you know, like when you get a bad vibe from somebody, you just kind of you just know, even though even if they seem like everything is cool, it's just something off. You know, and when that happens, it's kind of like, okay, that's the first for me, that's a major red flag. And for some reason, a lot of us don't listen to our intuition. What would you say as me to people that are struggling with listening to that little inner voice in their head? So I've I've had a lot of instances where I, I kind of I heard it and I was just like, well, I want to go through it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go do it. Um, you know, because I'm a Leo and I'm an adventurous like that. Um, but I will say this, um, avoid the heartache. Um, yeah, uh, avoid the heartache. You know, at some point in life, you need to stop saying, oh, I healed from that. When you have every opportunity to just bypass that, you know? So, like, my thought is, if you have somebody and they're doing you wrong, there's somebody else. You know, if you work in a job and that job is stressing you, there's another job. You know, there's, there's always a next level to this thing called life. You just have to kind of walk through it. You're never like, what are what are you missing? Pain, hurt, anger, you, you know what I mean? Like, why even go through that when you can move on to the next person? Like, even now in my dating life, if, if I'm dealing with somebody, I may like them, but if I don't see what it is that I want, I tell them like, move out the way because I'm looking for my husband. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, 
And that's it. If I have a friend who's not feeding me as much as I'm feeding them, move out the way because I have so much love to give to my next friend. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I do that with family. I, I do that with anybody who comes in, in my life. If you're not serving, if we're not serving a purpose, if we're not pouring into each other's cup, like, be okay with letting that go. Because then all you have is horror stories to tell. I'm personally, in my life, I'm done with horror stories. You know, I'm ha I'm ready for my forever, happily ever after. And I think that a lot of people just identify so much more with her in pain and struggle that they don't allow their happily to come in. So just bypass that and walk straight into your happiness. And see, I, I'm going to actually tell one of my girlfriends this, that she needs, I'll get you in contact with me because she needs to talk to you, girl. She has been in, she's been a five-year situation. She has had four different men in her life and she's had a baby for each one. And she keeps finding the same person in a the same person in a different person. It's like opening a box of shit and it's just packaged differently, literally. Like she they're nice for like a six-month period, the honeymoon period, they're great. And then the abuse, then the verbal abuse, then the neglect. Like it's just an ongoing cycle. So for some of them, I definitely get the hell out of my way. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that I think that what happens is like I said, people identify what hurt, you know, in pain and and um you know a lot of us have issues stemming from uh like childhood and and not being loved correctly or not understanding what love is. And I feel like um women like us women of color, we've always been told this is a the way, you know what I'm saying? Like you have to hold your man, not you have to hold down a good man. You know what I mean? Not, not, you don't have to sacrifice your being, your morals, your love for a person. You have to, like you guys have to be swimming in the same direction in order to make it out. And, and I think, you know, that's what the problem is also, which is something that I struggled with coming up. I didn't, I didn't understand that um, my value wasn't in accepting what others did to me. My real value isn't me standing up and allowing people to feel the effect of me not being happy. You know, so like where I'm at, like, like I won't even argue you do something that you're not supposed to do. Like we talk about it, I express that. If you don't feel like I'm valuable enough to change, then I dismiss myself. We don't really need to, there's really no conversation. I don't need no apologies. I don't need, it's, it's, it's whatever. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I need to account for the the time that I have left in this world. And I plan on doing that very happily. Um, and I think people think that, you know, oh, my time is when I'm old. Like your time could be right now. Because yeah, yeah. when I went into the hospital, I was up here, okay? <laughs> Um, I, I was, I was laughing and giggling the day before, you know, and the next thing I know I'm being told, call my family. So, um, yeah. It can be so sudden all of a sudden, you know, like we just never know when our time is. Now I want to go back a little bit. Um, something very pointy that you said not that long ago about even with family, knowing when to distance yourself. So I think a lot of the time we kind of 
people in general may shy away from like, okay, well, you know, blood is thicker than water. We got to stick together. But I mean, when is the right time? And then how do you go about knowing to like push that certain relative that's just really negative and really doesn't have the most beneficial influence being around? How do you, how do you go about handling that situation when it's family? And the thing is that that's another one of the things that we're told that blood is thicker than water um, and that you ha have to hold on to these relationships that should have been cut off, you know, at the root. Um, me personally, I I wasn't always in foster care. I went into foster care when I was 13 and for many reasons, which that would be a whole nother episode. Right. But um, I cut off my mom. Um, for a long time. And I actually have an extended family of people who are amazing to me. And I reached out to my mom. My, my daughter had cancer when she was like 10. And I reached out to my biological mother because I needed that, you know. And at the time, she wasn't giving me what I needed as a daughter. So I had to like completely cut her off for several years. But now, you know, now that I have worked on myself, and I know how to incorporate her into my life. She doesn't have to be like this with me. I was able to meet her and understand and respect her to where she doesn't affect me, to where she's not draining to me. So it's all about setting boundaries that are important to you. Um, your boundaries are not negotiable. I can't sit there and have a conversation with her and she's telling me, but no, you have to accept this. I don't accept that. But guess what? When we are comfortable and we're hanging out, like this works for me. But do I want to be in an environment where you make me uncomfortable? That's not negotiable. So I feel like at any point where you feel like your peace is being altered, you you cut it off. And cut off doesn't mean I don't ever have to speak to you or we can't be at family functions. Like you have to learn that every battle is not meant to be fought in every place. But you need to be comfortable enough with yourself to be able to function, like I cut ties with a lot of people when I went into the hospital, people that I thought were gonna be in my life forever, but they show me different. But we are still in the same room and there's no beef. You know what I mean? There's no beef because I'm comfortable with where I'm at in life. There was a lot of things said when they thought I was gonna die. You know what I'm saying? And, and I don't have to clear nothing up. I don't have to tell my side of the story because I'm comfortable where I'm at. So yeah, we're able to be in the same room and I'm going to be woo-woo and I'm going to be the person that everybody knows me to be because business carries on and I'm comfortable with me. You still need to work on you. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, it's just, again, it's your life. So everything around it and anybody around it, they get the cutoff. Not like the immediate scissors, but like you don't have the benefit of altering my mood. I control the temperature in my room at all moments. And that's it. That's powerful. So powerful. You said your boundaries are? Non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. Heard it. Non-negotiable. Non-negotiable boundaries. You know. You need to make it. It's just like with family, it's just like, man. But at the same time, you have to do what's right for you. And I like what you said, you know, the way that I'm interpreting what you said with your mother is, you know, she has a certain role in your life, but in order to protect yourself from disappointment, you don't expect her to come at it 
with that, you know, tenth power of what mamas usually come with. You're like, okay, she's here. Yeah, I'm not a slave to her behavior. You know what I mean? You don't have to, you don't owe anybody pain or hurt. You don't know. It's okay for us to be different people. You know, I can accept you where you at. We just got to keep that distance. Like, I'm going to be around you as much as I can tolerate and be happy being with you. But mirror like this, I really like her. She's cool. Yeah, it's healthier that way is i feel like a lot of people these days like when it comes to like friendships and like relationships i think a lot of times they fail because people hold these high expectations of other people and it's like you can't control somebody else you know what i mean yeah i'm gonna tell you one of the best things that that i did and i think my breakup um made me realize that how to love people without ownership without thinking that they're supposed to be a specific type of way um, we're all built different. You know, we all take things in different ways and, and learning how to love people without that attachment is such a beautiful thing because I, I know, and I always like to talk about like the, the things that I went through because I like to let people know I've been through it. So I've been the crazy girlfriend. I've been the insecure girlfriend. I've been the go the girl going through a phone. Like I, I've been there, done that. Um, I'm not immune to it, but it took me understanding that people are going to be who they are. It's so much better to allow people to accept you, you know, in, in, your, in your own skin and in your own thoughts because there's somebody for everybody. And that means with friendships and everything. So I feel like um, the biggest lesson that I took away from that, from that breakup was, you know, I don't own anybody and I'm not entitled to change who people are. But when I see something that does not mesh with me, it's okay for me to walk away. As you should. As you should. I just think, like, a lot of women, they feel like, okay, once I'm in a situation, maybe in particular with a man or, you know, a relationship, they feel like, okay, well, let's try to make it work. Let's try to see the best. Like Pam, you said, you try to look the best in somebody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so what's when is that breaking point where you're like, you know what? What I guess what's the fine line between really giving up too early, like not even giving it a chance, versus oh hell no, this is some absolute bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. because when you when you enter relationships, um, you know whether they be friendships, and I keep saying that because it's like relationships are are just large, um, but I feel like. When you're fighting against someone who's in your life to protect you and shelter you and love you and care for you and do all these things, if you're fighting against them, then that's the time to walk away, you know. But when there's still there's there's always hope when the love is genuine, when people are not purposely hurting each other, you know what I mean. When somebody is willing to listen to hear you, to understand you, and you're willing to do the same, then that's when you keep going. But when you have someone who's like beating on you, you know, someone who's constantly cheating on you, they don't care about you because both of those things affect your health. You know what I mean? So if you don't care about my continued existence, why am I with you? You know, if if you're telling somebody like, oh, you're not being supportive and that doesn't change, why are you there? You know, if your friends are treating you better than your partner, 
why are you there? Um, if your partner doesn't really want a relationship, but you do, why are you there? You know, these are all the things that, that you need to identify. I think that um, back in the day, relationships did last longer because, um, not because we settled, but because, you know, a lot of people were, were getting hurt and, and nobody cared if the other party was okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to let go of that because that doesn't make you a better woman. You know, yeah, taking the yeah. punches doesn't make you a better woman. You know, and I feel like I personally, and I'm going to say this wholeheartedly, I love men. I feel like I've always put men in on a pedestal because I know how important they are. You know, I know I cannot, I could have never bared a child unless I had a man. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that as strong as I am, I need a man to lift. You know what I'm saying? I need a man to provide. I feel like men are so necessary. Like I feel whole when I am in the presence of a man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so a man would know, you know, when to cater to the needs of his lady or that woman. So it's, I'm not going to want to leave because regardless of what we're going through, I know that that man is really my partner, you know, and my strength. So there's no need for me to say, oh, we had an argument, it's over. You know what I mean? You guys are going to mutually be doing what we were meant to do. So That's very important. I think also you mentioned about, like, people, you know, like, our like generation past, like the boomers and stuff, you know, for instance, like, my parents have been married over 50 years, and I grew up seeing, like, the picket fence and, like, knowing that's what I wanted for my life and stuff not seeing the behind the scenes that there was actual issues, you know what I mean? And so I think like in that time, I don't feel like women really had the, like the independence to be like, and the freedom to just be like, Hey, this is a problem. It was just like, just deal with it. You know, back in the day. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't, they didn't have the no support. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't agree with, I don't agree with what's going on now where like, we're constantly badging with men and we're constantly telling a person to leave. Like, oh, we got to be city girls. Like, I don't agree with that. But I do understand and I do recognize that in order for them relationships to be as long as they were, the woman had to take a lot of abuse. You know what I'm saying? And abuse is not just physical. Um, Because I came from a country, DR, where men would have multiple families. Like, do you know the pain? And you would stay because your family, like if you try to divorce, like your family will look at you like you're crazy. It's like, like now that I'm close with my family, um, I know that they have a hard time accepting me because I'm very much like, oh, I'm not putting up with none of that. You know what I mean? Like they still very much into what they grew up with. And I, I see the lack of joy and happiness, you know, because... They were in those relationships. but And it's not like I'm just blaming the man because that's what they were taught. Like, that's what they grew up with. So how would they know any different? Um, but women just allowed themselves to kind of, like, be stepped on and treated not always like a human being should be treated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm, like, I don't agree with that. I feel like, you know, people, I think people assume that tradition means something that's positive. But tradition doesn't always 
mean it was a good tradition. It's just something that was handed down. In this case, tradition equals trauma. Trauma yes. that's passed from this female generation to the next group of women to the men's. And if you deviate in any type of way, they're like, what's wrong with you? When you're just actually standing on your own two feet and doing what it is you need to do to get out of that situation. What would you tell, like, if you could go back to your, your country and just talk to, like, a bunch of women, like, what would you tell them, like, if you had 10 minutes with them? What are some things you would say to be like, you know what, to encourage them to get out of that abusive relationship where it kind of makes sense? I think that the that the one thing I will always tell them is, um, do you want do you want your child to go through that? Do you want your child to experience that? And then I will tell them to be honest with themselves because I feel like sometimes you think you have self-worth and you have none, you know? And again, I've been there. Um, so I would, I would tell them that there is strength in saying no. Um, there is, there's power in standing up for yourself. You, we, women are so am, amazingly engineered. It's freaking amazing because honestly, we don't have to yell, you know, like the, we, you could disarm a man being sweet so easily. And we really have, you know, how, I don't know about you guys, but I, I grew up with the saying, the saying that said, um, you know, kind of like your, your vagina is like the golden pot, right? Mm-hmm. And you have the power. And it's true. And it's not about the sex, but men were put here to chase us. You know, even if that's not, you know, and for those that don't identify with gender, like I don't want to be offensive, but the cycle is you got to want me or I got to want you. You know what I'm saying? So you have you have the power and you have to know how to use that power. You know, you have to learn how to execute when a man wants a woman, a woman sets the boundaries. You know, but you you have to set them from the very beginning so that a man understands what he's getting himself into, you know, and then he can identify this is what I want to get myself into. So when you are stripped of that power because you don't know how to say no or because you accept things that are lesser than you, then you fall victim to that behavior. And that's nobody's fault but yours, honestly. You know, I would I would say to them, take control. I would say to them, you know, be be graceful in your power, and do with that what you will. Because, like, I know for me, um, I set the tone for how I'm supposed to be treated, and this is why I do the things that I do. This is why I maintain a lifestyle, and I treat myself in a certain way, so that if someone enters my life, they know that that's how it's supposed to align. Because I'm gonna accept nothing less than that. But it, ha- it starts with you. Yeah. It definitely does. Like everything that you just said is so important for young women. Hell, all women. Because let's be honest, if you haven't learned it at some point, you're going to continue with that same behavior. It's just so important for us to really love on ourselves, pat ourselves on the back when something positive happens or when we have a new accomplishment because we do beat ourselves up as women and like you said, we have to realize our power. The box can be powerful, y'all. It can be so powerful. So like Esme is teaching you, because I feel like she's up here teaching us tonight. Like she's teaching us, learn how to tap into your female essence in a positive way. Turn that sex appeal into some, some power, like a queen, you know, where you're kind of, you know, you got to run your finger, literally. It can happen. 
So I really appreciate, you know, your perspective and what you're bringing, you know, to the day because a lot of women miss that altogether. They're just, you know, tunnel vision of, you know, okay, I'll take care of all the domestic stuff and he can do whatever he can cheat, but at least I'm taking care of home like I'm supposed to not. You matter as well, you know, like you're saying. So, mm-mm. And that's how she's about the relationship. What she's saying, it makes me think about past jobs I've had where I'm just like, enough's enough. But I didn't have a voice or I wasn't like kissing ass to like be like friends with the boss or whatever. I wasn't doing any of those things. So it just makes me go back and be like, dang, I wish, you know, back then I had what I have now, you know, that knowledge and that power to be like, you know what? I don't need y'all. You know, because it's so easy to just say no. You know what I mean? Or like, like you say, your job. If you, if someone talks to you in a rude way, you're entitled to go to HR. You're entitled to have to sit down with your boss. You know what I'm saying? But if you let it slide the first time, they know you're gonna allow it again. So guess what? I'm coming harder the next time. So it's kind of like that. If you have a friend who's constantly badgering you and you don't tell her the first time, like I don't, I don't like for you to talk to me like that. Or I don't like you calling me a B. You know what I'm saying? What whatever it is, if you don't say it to people and people don't know how to treat you, they're gonna treat you however they want to treat you. So the key is and allow and again, you don't have to yell. There's no there's no need for that. You know what I'm saying? You stand in your power and you tell them no. Or you tell them this is how I wanna be addressed. Like we don't have to go back and forth. This is what I don't like. So now you have two choices that I'm either gonna have to fix my tone or I'm gonna keep going to HR. So the same thing, you know what I mean. You either fix this or you go with the next person. Because I know I am, you know? And that's it. I have a trick question with what you said. So there's been a video circulating that I saw that it's a in high it's a high school, so it's a high school teacher and student. So the teacher takes the phone away and the little girl's like, oh, no, you're not going to get in my face. You're not going to talk to me like this. You don't give me my phone back. And of course, the argument ensues. They start going at it. She slaps the teacher. So, you know, at this point, he's just like, I'm about to show you about yourself. And he ends up hitting the girl and knocking her on the floor. I don't know if y'all have seen this video. It's wild. But for... For that situation, you know, we're we're talking about staying in true to who you are and everything. Like, what would what would you have done in that situation? First of all, that's not staying true to who you are. Um, you're in a school setting. You know, the rules the rules are the rules, and the rules apply to everybody there. You know, you're there to you're there to learn. Obviously, he he's a man. He's a professional. You know, you're teaching me. My, again, my power is not in hitting you. My power is not in arguing. He could have easily had had her escorted. He could have easily had her in detention. Like he could have did a lot of things. Now you messed up your whole livelihood for what? For a moment. So that that has nothing to do with you not tolerating and, and sticking to yourself. That young lady was felt very entitled. She's very spoiled. And if that was my daughter, she would be facing some repercussions, you know, because even even as an even as an adult, if my daughter came home and told me she did that, we will have words. Right. Because yeah. you're, you're in the you gotta know what to do, when to do it. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm different people in different settings. 
you know, that's that's just the truth. If you look at my Instagram, like I can be having this conversation and then you hear me having other on other podcasts and you're like, wait, that's this is not the same girl. But there's a there's is the truth. You know what I mean? You have to conduct yourself according to what's going on. That was crazy on on both ends. He Ooh. lost he's gonna forever be that teacher. Where where else he lost his pension like? Right. Where, what are you doing? And this young lady. Like girl, what now you got assaulted. Now you now that's the pain that I told you we'd be seeking. You looked for that. Mm. You know, that's nobody's fault but your own. Yeah, and that's exactly. Just, that's just what it is. That's crazy. So what would you say, Ethne, to you know, um young ladies that are entering the entertainment industry or modeling? Because I know that you know, we we kind of all are into that as well. Um, and they're you know, on a set maybe or a video shoot, photo shoot. And they are violated in some way or some aspect. I feel a lot of you know, right? It happens a lot. So if they're letting this happen, like what are what are some things that you would tell them and have to strictly, you know, kind of what do they do in that situation? So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start I'm gonna start off by saying, um, you set the tone. Um, that doesn't mean because you set the tone, that doesn't mean that the other person is not gonna do what they're going to do because some people are just scum. And unfortunately, um, so many young ladies think that they need to do specific things to get to where they're going. So it has kind of messed up their brains where they think they can just treat you and do whatever they want. So there's a lot of things you can do to protect yourself. Me, for instance, I tell them I don't go anywhere without my manager. So if you're booking me, my manager is going to be present. I have a big, big, strong, you know what I'm saying? Manager, my manager is going to scare you away. But um, for the ladies that don't have that, bring a friend because there's power in numbers, you know? Don't ever think that you need to allow anybody to violate you in order for you to move to the next. That's not, that's not it. When you let somebody know that you're not doing it and then you go speak about it, trust me, they're more, because we have social media now, they're more worried about it than you are. Pull out your phone, record, share it, speak about it. So that other other young ladies don't do it, but do not allow anybody to number one, talk down on you, disrespect you, touch you. None of that is necessary. Not all money is good money. The minute you feel uncomfortable, you walk off set. Who's gonna stop you? And you better have nine one one on on dial because I do, and I'm not not afraid to use it. Um, there's no there's there's no need to to feel like like what's going on with you is not important because it is um but again like try to try to do things with numbers try to do it with other other ladies or your manager make sure that the conversation from the very beginning is strictly business let them know from the very beginning what you're okay with what you're not okay with because another thing some some people may think that because you're doing a video and the video involves twerking or it involves you wearing little clothes, they're entitled to touch you. And that's not the case. You're there doing your job, just like any other job. And they're going to treat you like a human being, the way you're supposed to be treated. So you allow them to know from the very beginning. And another thing I don't do, I form relationships. I don't form friendships in this business. I don't want to be your friend. I want you to continue to book me. So I want to come on time. Because me being on time is going to allow you to know that I'm a professional. I'm not getting drunk on set. 
I'm not drinking on set because that's what they do. They introduce you to all this liquor and all this weed. I'm not, I don't smoke, but I'm not smoking. You know what I mean? I'm going to hold all those recreational things for when I'm outside of doing because it's my job. I came to be sober and I came to do a job, pay me. That's it. So there's a lot of things that we can do to allow them to understand that this is business. You know, and it's not going to go past business. But the minute you feel uncomfortable, you walk out of there and then you let everybody know that you were violated because people need to know. And that's important. You say, ladies, y'all can leave set, okay? If you feel uncomfortable, leave. Regardless of yeah. what paperwork or sign or anything, because guess what? A criminal case will outweigh a contract, okay? Leave. Just like she said, you're not obligated to set. Because if you know, I know that there's a lot of different laws, but like in Jersey, I can record and I can, without letting somebody, I can record. I know in New York you can't, but in New York, you can voice record, not facially record. So the, the audio can be taken out. Pull out your phone because that's going to be your witness, you know? Um, but stand up for yourself. It doesn't, standing up for myself does not consist of me arguing with that person either. Because it's, if it's a man or a woman, they're going to, like, and they overpower you, then you're done. You have to be smart about the situation. Okay, I feel violated, but I'm going to walk away, and then I'm going to take the necessary actions. And you follow through with it, because when you tell somebody, I'm going to call the cops, or I'm going to put every shit, and you don't do it, that sets the tone also. So... I'm very adamant. Like I don't, I don't have LOL conversations with people that I'm working with. I'm not doing none of that. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna be very, very pleasant. I'm gonna do my job, and I'm gonna walk away. Period. There you go. You know, and just keeping receipts is so important too. Like regardless, you know what I'm saying. A lot of people are just like, ah, no, it's okay. No, it's not. You have to have and, receipts. And take your down payment first. Take your yeah. booking fee first. I, I never enter a room until you pay me the rest of my booking fee balance, period. Because exactly. if not, I'll walk away, but I still have your deposit. Yeah. Exactly. And letting some people know in the text message or however it is that they hire you that you do not give back deposits, that's also very important. I know that's right, girl. Yes. And me, you just touched on something point. It's just like... It's just a, a spew of just the real, and you're just giving it to the viewers. So we appreciate you so much for bringing your raw, true self to the platform. I mean, we, I didn't expect anything less. So thank you so much. Um, tell all everybody who's like not following you where they can follow you and what you got going on going into uh, 2024. Guys, so many projects. So all of my platforms, Esme underscore V, all of them, Facebook, all, all of them. That's my name. My website is Esme V as well. Um, I have a calendar coming out, 2024 calendar. Um, the carpet, the red carpet event is going to be in Harlem. It's going to be November 25th. Come meet up with me. It's going to be a movie. Um, I'm doing a turkey giveaway also November 19th. In Harlem, um, I'm going to be doing a toy drive. I'm going to be doing a co-drive. I love, love giving back to the community because I came from sleeping in park benches and I need to give back. Um, I'm also setting up uh, classes on how to become an influencer and how to get paid by all these social media platforms. I hear so many influencers talking about they're not getting paid. And this is what I do full time. So if I can do it, you can do it. And you don't. You don't need the numbers. Start today. I don't care if you have 300 followers. If you decide this is what you want to do, 
and you keep it going, consistency is key. Um, so I have a lot of women empowering events that I'm going to get into. Um, I do have a podcast myself that I'm going to be coming um, out with. So stay tuned for that. And other than that, guys, I'm just going to be living, not just existing. That's it. I know that's right. Living, not just existing. Y'all heard it first from Esme B. I mean, just so many gems that she dropped. Pamela, I know you can attest to it too. Like, she is really spinning us and let's know what it really is. So, we appreciate you so much. And for all the viewers, make sure you be interactive. Like, comment. Make sure you like, subscribe. Don't just watch us. You know, subscribe to the channel. Show some love. Let's get interactive in the comment section. And like I always say, this is Nia J in closing. I have my beautiful co-host. Pamela Nicole. And until next time, this is Donna. Adios. <laughs>